Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So much detritus on the table today. Detritus. So much gubbins. Gubbins Farm. That's where I met Rachel Stevens. Do you remember when I told you about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Children's activity, summer camp kind of thing. They had quad bikes and other stuff. And Rachel Stevens. And Rachel Stevens. She was on Dick and Dom in the bungalow. That's where she's famous from. And she, uh, she, about halfway through, she just sort of vanished when they played a cartoon. When she came back, she was gone because she didn't want to get gunged. I think that's fair. I don't know that I would like to get gunged either. It's, really. it's sort of an infamous, infamous, an infa- infamous moment in the yeah. Dick and Dom community. That, uh, Where Rachel, Rachel Stevens said, "That's a bit. The gunge is a bit. The gunge is a bit much for me. much for me." What are you doing on Dick and Dom, Rachel? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. It's a video it, game podcast. Yeah. Isn't it? Where we talk about video game stuff. It is. And uh, it is, and we do. It, it be. It, it, it does be. It do Video be. game podcast, it be. Do this be. is not a an athletics podcast. No. We need to, to sort of let you know that. Because it, well, some people be. might... Well, you've actively poo-pooed the idea of the triple jump even being... Are we being to say that word? I thought we'd get demonetized, won't we? Plop-plopped. 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 The, the idea of triple jump, the triple jump even being a sporting contest worth existing. Well, yeah, I think we should do other athletics, not that one. Big jumps. Yeah, just the high jumps who and the long Who can do the jumps. biggest jump? Yeah, not who can do three jumps. Two, right. two very, very tiny jumps that are basically steps and then a big jump at the end. Don't do not do that. I think it requires a great deal of, of training, but that's fine. Peter mm. will continue to wage his war on the athletics community, but thankfully, the athletics community largely aren't here because this is a video game podcast. Peter... Yeah, we we got a sponsor today, right? We have. We get. I get. We. Me and you both get paid money to uh, to talk crap about um, athletics. We sure do. Uh, thank you for the sponsor of today's podcast. Uh, today's podcast is sponsored by um, N- Nigel West Dickens's syphilis treatment. I'm sorry, Nigel West Dickens's syphilis treatment. So this isn't. Oh, ye- usually we get we get a sort of a, a tangentially related video game company to help. Yeah, ye- but this time it's just Red Dead Redemption's Nigel West Dickens. Oh, I see. Snake oil merchant. Okay. And and curer of all ails, Nigel West Dickens. 
Right. His have you, oh have you got syphilis? I don't, sure do. Don't worry. Well, you're Peter. well. Lucky you. I mean, I wish I had syphilis because then I could use some of Nigel West's right syphilis treatment. It's almost worth getting syphilis to be treated so expertly yeah. by Nigel Nigel West Dickens, the West Nile Dickens. Do you remember the one with the top hat and the mustache? They've all got them. Yeah. Uh, well, he can cure your syphilis. Right. Um, possibly even your TB. Uh, we'll see. Mm, maybe. But thank you, Nigel. Uh, thank you, for sponsoring Nigel. this podcast. How much is the? How much? Sorry. How much is the sponsor? How much is, how think, much is the sponsorship? I think, I think we're just getting paid in bottles of syphilis treatment. I don't think. Okay. Well, well that's a good thing for this guy. Great. Excellent. Well, thank you, N- West Nile Syphilis, for yeah. for helping us out today. We'll we'll plug you again at the end of the show. Well, uh, well I think that's I mean, what, how you get yeah, syphilis. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? Maybe that's actually not <laughs> a good idea. That. Well, if you wanted it, then. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll Absolutely. plug him. Plug him good. Well, we'll get into that. Peter, it's E three. Very soon. It is. At the time of recording, it's just a few days away. At the time of release of this podcast, it's already, Tomorrow. it's kind of happening already. Well, EA did, of... a, did a thing today. Yeah, that's or true. Or EA are doing a thing Forgot today. Forgot about that. Uh, we, are, we have got so much coverage. Go to our social media channels to find out more, but we will be live streaming reactions to every single one. Oh, I say every single one. The big conferences that that we all love and care about, like uh, the Microsofts, yeah, like the Bethesdas, the Beth- Bethany Esdas, yeah, the Ubisofts, yeah, uh, the Squeenixes, yeah, and then and the Blimptemdos. There's no Sunnies this this no year. Sunny, no, no Activision. Uh, EA are doing a day of live streams. Well, they'll be occasionally dropping in trailers for stuff, but then mm. they don't have a conference to really react to. No. Uh, those of you who are asking, yes, of course, our live stream reactions will be uploaded. Uh, ASAP, so you you can sync it up and watch along with us if you if you want. And just for the benefit of the people who are, it's, it's a small niche group of of people who are both watching this video version of the podcast right now, yeah. and haven't watched a video that has gone out on the channel on Friday. Right. So you just want, want to very very quickly address what's on the 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 sort of relevant in the room on the table right now. Oh yes, yes. My goodness me, that's a very good point. I was just going to do the entire podcast without even. Talking about, talking about the it. weird hat hair thing. Because we've got a couple of E3-related uh, things to cover this show, but largely it's it's not that E3-focused because that would involve, I think, giving away our predictions. Oh. That's right, we're doing predictions and punishments just like our, our nice, nice friends. Yes. Literally outside, just uh, I can see They're them. Actually through the glass door. I could wave at them, but they wouldn't them. wave. They probably wouldn't see me, but I could wave They wouldn't at wave them. if that's they did see you, I think. Well, that's also true. They're, they're arseholes. Because we're in the quarantine tent. The, the syphilis yeah. zone is what this is called now. <laughs> so sickly. Yeah. Um, what we what we've done, and there's a video that went out yesterday on the channel at the time of release of this podcast, uh-huh. uh, listing all of our predictions for the various shows, and the person who gets the least amount of predictions correct has to change their name on all presented videos for a month to, as voted by our patrons. Dick Mychinko. That that will be your name. You have to introduce yourself by saying, "What's up? I'm Dick Mychinko from Triple Jump." And also, they have to wear the douche hat. The Dick Mychinko hat. The Dick Mychinko hat. For an, God, there's so much stuff on the table. I can't even get my hand Careful. around my microphone for an entire month. Mm. So that's why that's there. Just as a reminder that uh, that that is looming, and uh, we'll we'll do a video and announce who's lost next Friday. I sort of feel like. As each day goes by, I kind of feel like more confident that I'm going to win, but also more convinced that I'm going to lose. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not entirely. I have no idea where I stand. Some yeah. of your predictions 
are like so heavily rumored already. I know. And some of the, one of them was just confirmed yesterday. Yeah. So we've had to redo one but of your predictions. Some of them are completely probably not like some of the ones that aren't under my crazy wild predictions. They're under mm. my just bit of a bit of an outsider. Maybe are, are actually pretty ridiculous. Like the idea because right. I've, I've I've not to go too far into this. Mm. I've I've predicted that at Microsoft they're going to be sort of doing a little bit of something, a little bit of moniker about their sure. new uh, console. Hmm. I have now sort of remembered that they are on record saying there's going to be like 13 games, uh, first party games at E3 this year right? Uh, from them. So that's a lot of time. Um, they might not be showing them all, but that's a lot of time they need to spend showing games at their mm. conference. I don't think they're going to have time to also go, uh, by the way, here's here's a 10 minute chat about the Xbox 2. Yeah. So it's the only the second one we've ever done. That's very unlikely. Shut up. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a total mystery, but but watch along with us if you can. Mm. Uh, full details on, as I said, our social media if you want to see what time we're streaming, what time we're releasing stuff. We've also got other E3-related lists and coverage and mm. stuff going out throughout the week. Uh, so please, please check out the channel for that, youtube.com forward slash team, team triple jump. jump. First up, Peter, we've mm. got a question here from Christian Sturt. Yes, we And uh, he's a very kind patron mm. over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, which is where we get all our questions from for the podcast. What does Christian say? Christian Peter? with a K says, chaps. Chaps. Hope, hope all is well. First, thanks for the fantastic content. You're very, very welcome. I have what seems like a trivial question, but I can't find an answer anywhere. Heavy rain, life is strange, oxen free. What is the collective name for these games? I'd describe them as platform, ga- platform games where cutscene decisions impact the outcome. Mm. But that's not very catchy. That's probably why I stumbled over the word platform there. <laughs> also, it's a very hard word to say. What is your favourite decision based game? Thanks. Mm. Much love, Christian. That's a great question, Christian. Um, well, uh, they're all technically adventure games. I, I yeah. looked up, I Wikipedia'd all of them just to see what the the actual clinical description of them was. And Life is Strange is an episodic adventure game. Mm-hmm. Oxenfree is an adventure game. And Heavy Rain is an interactive drama slash action adventure game. I was going to say, these three are actually quite different in a way. Like Obviously, mm. they, they all have the heavy sort of decision tree sort of uh, thing going on there. But yeah. Heavy Rain, for example... Yeah, I, I was going to say that's sort of an interactive movie almost. Yes. Um, pretty yeah. much, you know, that's that's kind of what it Very feels like. Very few moments where you can just walk around the yeah. environment. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think adventure game is the best way to describe them purely because they all feature that in their description anyway. Mm. But equally, if you look back at the first adventure games like Tales of Monkey Island and things like that, yeah. they were far more open... This, this is just sort of a natural progression of the genre where they're, they're, they're far less open now, but they've got a far tighter narrative experience. You're able to do um, more kind of interesting sequences and cutscenes and stuff if yeah. you know that the gamer, the, the player is going to be funneled through this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And you can see that uh, even in Telltale's series with the, the Walking Dead, for example. The mm-hmm. first season, there were quite a few sections, usually one or two per episode where you were just there was just downtime mm-hmm. where you could walk around and talk to people and interact with stuff and examine things. And then as it went on from the second season onwards, I haven't played them. Right. Uh, but by all accounts, and this was part of, a, I think, a no-clip documentary about the, the, the death of Telltale and talking right. to various employees and how sort of the design structure of the of the stuff they were they were making was changing. Uh, that stuff was stripped right out. Yeah. So it was m- more and more about 
get people through the story. Story, story, story. Action. All the action. All the time. And that's not a bad thing. No, yes. Yeah, it's, it's good. But, but there's definitely a balance to be struck there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, In terms of, like, favorite decision-based game, um, I'm, I'm not much of a decision-based adventure game sort of player, really. No, hang on. That's not what it's called. It's... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Platform games where cutscene decisions impact the outcome, but that's not very catchy. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm not much of a platform games where cutscene decisions impact the outcome, but that's not very catchy player, really. Right. Okay. Um, but I did play the Detroit uh, mm. demo at uh, EGX, EGX yeah. and I thought that was super fun. Was. And for some reason, I've inexplicably not yet played Detroit, even though... I thought that was a lot of a lot of fun and an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's kind of different. It's, it's sort of loosely loosely relevant. Some of the walking sim games, if you like, mm-hmm. they they obviously have quite a linear uh, uh, a linear path, I would say, through through the world. Yes. You know, you're you're going to be walked from A to B. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's quite often there's some interesting, like, dialogue trees, at least, to, to do in those games. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed Firewatch, which yeah. is a very pretty game. And also, uh, uh, everyone... Oh, no. No, that's not that's not one at all. That's I'm talking about that later. Which one? Everybody's gone to the rapture. That's for a different question. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that is also a walking sim, though. It's a walking sim, sorry, but that's not decision-based. No. Right. No, it's not. But you can... That one... That one's an interesting one because you can walk all the way to the... All the way around the entire village, which will take you ages, mm-hmm. and then walk all the way back if you want, all the way back to the start. Like yeah. it, it never blocks anything off from you. But yeah, that one's... Uh, Oh, it's such a good game. That it's a good do game. You, do you have a, do but you no, have... no decisions in that, really. You just sort of go and listen in, listen in on people. Yeah, the archers. Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about that later. That... Okay. Stay tuned. Stay or oh, exciting. Everybody's hot takes on, hot takes on 2014 <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so you do, do you you don't play these games very often? But no. You can you not pinpoint one that you. Uh, you're particularly intrigued by is it Detroit then? Detroit is intriguing, but like I say, I've not played it. I have played Hidden Agenda with you. Yes, um, yeah, and yeah. I thought that was super fun. And that's got an extra little thing in that it's a it's a multiplayer decision based mm-hmm. uh, cutscene decisions impact the outcome, but not not very catchy game. Yes, uh, but you also have like as the name implies your own little hidden agenda. Mm-hmm. So while as a team you're all trying to sort of reach an outcome. You might also have a little secret sort of, oh, but make sure that by the end of chapter two, uh, the gun has been fired by by the the person who shouldn't be firing the gun. Oh, or, you know, something like and that. And then you get extra points. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I, I love these kinds of games. All three of those, uh, Heavy Rain blew my mind at the time when mm-hmm. it came out. I loved that game. Oxenfree was unbelievable. I, it took me a while to play it. I played it last year. Very pretty. Uh, Life is Strange. I've only played season one, but I also really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of my favorite, though, it's probably one of the Telltale games. I mean, Mass Effect technically counts as a as a decision, you know, a game where you're having to make decisions and things yeah, like that. Yeah, true. Uh, there's a lot of that. Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, one of my favorite ever games. Uh, but it would probably be a Telltale game, and I'm just going to have to go with a, as good as, you know, The Wolf Among Us and so on, as good as they are. Tales from the Borderlands was just so good, mm-hmm. just striking the balance between not having too many engine issues, which, right. which weighed down a great deal of the Telltale library. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just being really fun and really funny and just just great. Yeah. So that, that's probably my favorite one, I would say, anyway. Yeah, if you broaden it out to something like allowing Mass Effect, I think like 
you know, Fable could almost yeah, count as well. And absolutely. I really enjoy Fable. Um, so, yeah, if you if you go out just to kind of RPGs with uh, a morality system, then you can mm. get pretty broad. But, uh, yeah, yeah, in terms of the more, more closed down, s- cinematic... Uh, more linear experiences. I think Hidden Agenda was a lot of fun. Yeah, Detroit was very good. By yeah. the way, that was that was shockingly good. Peter, hmm. we've got. It's time for a section that some people might not understand because it's incredibly complicated. Okay, what are you playing? What? It's time for what? What you? It's time for what are you playing? What which are is you a section playing? where we where we stare at the camera for five seconds after asking, "What are you playing?" But we don't get a reply, so then it turns back to us. Peter, yeah. what are you playing? Uh, well, as well as continuing on the, the Spodermans, which uh, I've talked about in, in previous podcasts. How are you getting on with that? I'm really enjoying it, yeah. yeah. Super fun. Uh, I just can't stop swinging everywhere. You catch, it's a mad fan of swinging over here. Yeah. Are you catching thieves just like flies? Look out. Uh, I'm catching pigeons. Catch, like, there is a lot of pigeon mo- catch. Yeah. There's a surprising amount of pigeon play in Spider-Man, it's I fun. will say. Yeah, pigeon like play pigeons. is also something you can do uh, when you're swinging. What? But that's how you get syphilis. As oh, well, oh, so. oh, I understand. Uh, but I'm not talking about that today. No? Because in my love strems on Tuesday... <laughs> Sorry, you're going to have to repeat that for people who might not understand our vernacular. In my live stream yeah. on Monday, not Tuesday. I Herbert Lovestroms. Yes. Uh, I... Played uh, Harry Potter of the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, the Philosopher's Stone. On PlayStation 1. Yeah. Um, and it was really fun. Was it? Yeah. I have no... I'd, we were talking about that on the way into the office the other day when you said you were going to stream it. Flipendo. I never finished it. I got all the way up to oh, the, yeah. chess, the chess bit at the end and for some reason I stopped playing there. You, you, But you knew that you were right near the end. I know. I don't know. Honestly, I can't even remember the reason I stopped. It might have been that the chess pieces were too scary. It might have been that it was too complicated. Complicated, scary. Or it might have been that I just didn't know how to play chess at the time and I didn't want to keep doing it and failing over and it's over. It's kind again. of knockoff chess there because every piece can just move one square adjacent. Oh, okay. And in any direction. No excuse then for however you're old Ben then. Yeah, for, not for, really. For giving up. Okay. Slightly scary. Um, scary in the film. Well, yeah. Yeah, pretty. But it was the CGI more than anything else. It right. was unnatural and weird. Well, that game, the the PS One game, is unnatural and weird in many ways. Yes, just not necessarily in the same ways. Um, PS One you know, Hagrid. PS One Hagrid. MVP. Not even. I mean, Hagrid's the go-to, but mm. Neville. I was. I. <laughs> that really like took me back. Really, just how bad Neville. Neville. Looks. He's just been. His whole face has been like squished down. You know that John Cena gif where his yes. face gets smaller. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we. I really enjoyed it. I think the the viewing public seemed to enjoy it. Good. Um. I and I think can't lot, wait for part two, Peter. Well, let me. I'm getting to that. Um. And I think one of the things that people most enjoyed was the soundtrack. And mm. Jesus. I yeah I I kind of want to just go to my desk and listen to it while I'm doing my work. Today. Is that good? Yeah, really nice. So it's not the film soundtrack, is it? No, it's not. It's arguably oh careful. Ooh. It's arguably better. No, maybe not. That's not. It's less iconic, of course, but uh, it's certainly on par. It's by Jeremy Soul slash Soul. We sort of had a debate we know that about one. this on uh, yeah that when I came back up to the office after doing the live stream, I, I was talking to our new editor James, and he was saying Soul. I just said Saul because it's got a magic E on the end, but I don't know if that's... I know how it's pronounced. Do you actually? But I'll never tell. Oh, okay. It's Jeremy Soup. 
Oh, Jeremy Soup. Delicious. Delicious Jeremy Soup. Mm, mm, mm. Breathing that Jeremy Soup. Who does um, the Campbell's Elder Scrolls games. Jeremy Soup. He does. That's our sponsor for next week, <laughs> I think, Jeremy Soup. <laughs> yeah. He does Elder Scrolls, uh, Guild Wars, Dark Alliance, mm-hmm. loads of loads of fun games. So, yeah, that was great. Uh, um, um, part two. Yeah. For, for my live stream. Um, I, I just couldn't get it to save. Because uh, you were emulating, right? Well, yeah, but like the emulator should, number one, actually be able to simulate or emulate, I suppose, the mm. idea of a memory card. You can actually just... Usually you can. Yeah. Wasn't doing that. Also, save states just weren't working, and I was two hours into the game. Mm. So I I messed around for ages after the stream had finished, couldn't get it to save. So what I will either do is literally just sit down in my own time and play two hours of it again and then right. continue. Or we'll just move on to the Chamber of Secrets, which I've not played properly on PS1, but it's the same engine, it's the same mm. weird faces, the same same music. So it's basically the same experience, but it'll all be new to me, which is arguably oh. even better. Yeah, that'd be fun, won't we'll it? We'll see. Uh, ben, yes? what are you playing? Um, I've been pla- well. I mean, I got the platinum trophy in Trover Saves the Universe. Oh yeah. There's a there's a fair bit of content about this now on the channel. There's my live stream where I played an hour of it. Turns out not a great game to live stream. Mm. Bit hard because the characters don't shut up and you can't really get an, a word in edgewise. In edgewise. 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 Um, there's also a, a quip scope about it where we just sit down and have a chat about it for twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the. It is from co-creator of Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland, mm-hmm. and he does the voice of Rick and Morty. And there's, as you know from his almost improvisational tone yes. uh, of, of his delivery of lines, that's basically what the whole game is. It's hinged entirely on dialogue and characters and ridiculous concepts that just sounds like it's made up as it goes along. But instead of having a rough outline of a plot where he just sort of riffs on it and then the animators have to pick up the pieces this time they've pretty much just had to build a game around it and as a result and it's also because it's a vr title um the gameplay is very simplistic it's just whack stuff interact with stuff go to the next bit where they another weird conversation happens if you're a rick and morty fan as we are there's probably something for you here but if you're like peter as we discovered earlier in the week and you're a rick and morty fan who finds it sometimes a little bit exhausting all of that oh over long periods weird going going a bit weird over here uh then um then maybe you won't like it but if you do like that there's a good chance that you will play this and really enjoy it i don't mind the weird but i uh, it's when it's clearly just being made up in the recording booth you right. know that's when it's a bit and again like i don't mind if that's peppered throughout mm. an episode across 20 minutes just now and then but but when it's just yeah i've i've watched a bit more gameplay now since we talked about it yeah and i was surprised at literally the fact that it is rick and morty's voices i know you Mm -hmm. said that in quickscope but i thought you meant you know like there's characters in rick and morty who sound a bit like rick and morty but they're not quite the same yeah you know mr pippy butthole sounds a bit like morty Mm -hmm. but no no it was actually just rick and morty's voice Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, there's also someone who just sounds like Mr. Poopy Butthole. Oh, uh, well, yeah, of course. Uh, but yes. Oh, we're allowed to say poopy. Ploppy. Oh, sorry, Mr. Ploppy Butthole. Plop, ploppy Bum Bum. Bum, yeah. Um, sorry, everyone, if you were upset by that and that was not our intention. Yeah, it's if you it's got a budget price. Um, you can play it in or out of VR. If you're a Rick and Morty fan, I'd say it's worth playing. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very fortunately uh, gifted a code by Squanch Games, because, of course, that's what they're Squanch. called. Squanch, did you Squ- just... Squanch. 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 Yeah. 
He says I'm squanching in squanching in here. Squanching. I yeah. think he's. I thought he says squanch. He's called squanchy, isn't he? I don't think there's much difference between the way that we're saying it. Squanch and squanch. Yeah. Yours sounds like it's like. Yeah, I don't two, know. Two first names again, yeah. all over again over yeah. here. Anyway, they gave us a code. We've disrespected them now, so we won't get another one. Not that we yeah. wanted one. <laughs> no, it was actually, I really enjoyed it. I got the platinum trophy in it, so I played a lot of it. I saw all of it. Um, and uh, if you want to find out more, look at the coverage we've got on the channel. Mm. Yeah, you can find out there. Peter? Yes. It's time for another question. It is. This comes from Xavier Romero-Perez, uh, who asks, There was a new Pokemon Direct. Though I'm not a fan of the franchise personally, that doesn't mean that other people aren't. That's true. That's a true statement. It's a good opening to any question. What does the triple jump Pokemon trainer, Ben, think about what has been revealed of Pokemon Sword and Shield? Sorry to leave you out, Peter. I just know you're not a fan as well as myself. That's fine. Me and you, uh, Zav Zav Ramis, yeah. we, we'll just go and talk in the corner while Ben Ben just... That's me in the spotlight game, losing yeah. my religion. Yeah. So it's it's they've they finally showed off some gameplay and stuff and... It is the first probably proper open world 3D Pokemon game that we've ever had mm. because it's on Switch. Uh, you can now control the camera for the first time ever, which sounds ridiculous. But, you know, even when, when the game's got a bit more 3D, you could only view from certain angles. Yeah. Um, you could, you know, it shows you walking around an open plane, an open field. Looks, looks a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit barren. A little bit barren there. Okay. And I there were also some bits where you could see the Pokemon. So, okay. So, Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee, and Pikachu. Yes. They were the first proper Pokemon releases for the Switch mm -hmm. rather than, you know, their, their handhelds like the 3DS and so on. And that was fantastic because it blended Pokemon Go with the traditional Pokemon the formula. Games, yeah. In a terrible way in that it was horrible to catch Pokemon because you had to use motion controls right. and, and I hate that and that can always go away and thankfully that's not coming back. But it was great in that you could actually see the Pokemon walking around in oh, the yeah. in the wild grass so you knew what you were getting into which just makes sense. Mm. There were certain bits in here where there were grass uh, or there was grass, sorry, and you, you couldn't see Pokemon and occasionally it just seemed like a random encounter would happen in the trailer. But then there were other bits where you could actively see the Pokemon walking around. So I don't know for sure, and the, the answer might be out there, but I really hope that they do continue to have the Pokemon available walking about there where you can just encounter them. I think that's a logical evolution, and it was a really good addition to Eevee and Pikachu. Maybe, maybe they're sort of blending the two, because I think, like... It makes sense to mostly be able to see things walking around in, in the long grass in terms mm. of like applying it to the real world. You know, if, if there's like a big sort of badger wandering around a field, sure. you can probably see the badger, right? Yeah. But occasionally an animal is going to do a pretty good job of hiding away from the big scary human man mm -hmm. uh, or woman. Or so woman. maybe there's also just the odd random encounter where you don't see it coming, you know? Yeah, maybe it's just a bit of both. see it coming. Yeah. They've also got now Dynamax Pokemon. Whoa. Where you can occasionally go massive, huge, huge, giant oh, Pokemon. Yeah. And all their moves are crazy. Now, I haven't really played too many of the the recent Pokemon games. I played Sun and Moon, and they had these, you know, these special moves that you could do. I just didn't find myself using them very often. Mm -hmm. They were just like weird tweaks that weren't really necessary. And in the same sort of ne negative tone, what a negative ninny I am. Negative Nancy. Whoa. Poor Nancy. Leave Nancy out of it. Yeah, Lazy Susan. Whoa! Poor Susans as well. Take that, Susans. Lukewarm. 
God, you are, you are ruffling many feathers, my, my dude. Um, I don't want any more new Pokemon. Please stop. Please they're not, they're, stop with No, the they won't Pokemon. ever stop. That's never stopping. I don't want them. That's what was so nice about the last ones. I realize I might be in the mon- minority, hmm. but I don't... 250 was enough for me. I think 150 was enough. But I liked gold and silver. Mm-hmm. And the, the addition, some of those Pokemon were crap, but the, yeah. the addition of them made sense. But every new Pokemon game, there's like 100 more, and some of them are just the worst. How am I supposed to catch them all? I don't want to catch them all. If there are going to be old, the older Pokemon in there, can we just have an option maybe where mm. it's just the original 150? I just don't care about the new Pokemon. I get the idea of having three new starters every game because that's fun, and they're always well-designed. But I don't. They showed off a, a sheep Pokemon. It's just like it's a sheep Pokemon. Everyone's already talking about how much they love it. As yeah, of well. course they are because it's fluffy and it's. I just. I don't understand. I don't want to catch any more new Pokemon. You're probably right. Actually, maybe what they should do is introduce like three new starters in yeah. each game. Because then you're in the game. You having up, a starter? Like, uh, you guys having a starter? I think I might just have a pudding. So I just have a pudding. Yeah. yeah, I just have a rice pudding. A pudding uh, Pokemon. Uh, so three new starters, and then maybe like. Just half a dozen sort of cool, super duper legendary ones that maybe are sort of end game stuff in that game. Yeah, the but, sword and shield Pokemon yeah. in this case. But you don't need uh, another, what would that leave? Like 135 other filler Pokemon in between. No, you know? no, you don't. Uh, so 75, whatever. It's looking great. I'm definitely going to play it. You know, I've always wanted a 3D open world Pokemon game, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm just going to shut up and play it. But you know, I'll always be a a, a negative ninny about it. Oh, so we'll ninny. see. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Yeah. Oh, did you do you feel that? That feels a bit. That feels a bit odd. A bit a bit strange. Bit. <laughs> 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 oh, hang on, that's my phone ringing. It says it's time for weird news. Hello. Uh, hello. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Weird news. It's t- welcome back. You just you join us as we as we as weird news. It's t- we are d- oh, it's time P- uh, Peter. Peter? What? Sorry? Oh, sorry. It's I weird news. I couldn't hear you. It's time for weird news. Right. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a weird news here. That's weird. It's on my phone, weird phone news machine. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to prepare mine as well. D- don't, if you're watching the video, don't think we're not interested in what's going on. We are, this is work currently. Uh, you so. on Tinder? No, he's not. He's not. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't have Tinder installed. No. Um, that, uh, bad, bad. Yes, Peter. Uh, w- weird news just in. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly Just weird. right now, yeah. because it took a minute. Uh, that gaming handheld with a crank yes asked a queer games showcase to change its name i'm sorry you're going to have to say all of that again none of those words made sense that gaming handheld with a crank yeah do you, play date yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's the, apparently they've so what's the, this from, from vice.com okay. they haven't put play date that put, weird gaming com- that what? Cr- that gaming handheld with a crank okay that's play date yeah, yeah. Uh, asked a queer games showcase to change its name right in what sense are we using the term queer uh as in like sort of lgbt lgbt okay the cool Q in right. lgbtq the, the only acceptable use of queer yeah. okay good so um the developers behind the upcoming playdate quickly backed off their request but not before completely stepping in it oh no right right some context please what's going on playdate that's a that's a handheld is no no, no it's not playdate is an la based video game oh. showcase with a lineup of creations described by its organisers as ex- uh, feminist, queer, weird, and wonderfully experimental. Okay. It's been going on for years. And then a 2019 event wrapped up earlier this year. Okay. It's the kind of place where off-kilter game makers actually produce the kind of art-driven, commercially Whoa. unviable work that many people claim to wish there was more of. Okay. It's a little indie scene, really. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Uh, as of last week, Playdate also happens to share branding with uh, something very different, an indie gaming handheld from Panic, that thing with the crank that's been lauded for how quirky it is. Right. Um, sounds a bit cynical from Vice.com. Yeah, there. come on, Vice. Uh, that would otherwise be unremarkable if it were not for several emails Panic sent to the organisers of Playdate, the event, Yeah. Uh, arguing... And they've only used a small uh, uh, quote here, and I want to read you a longer quote because okay, the start do. of this sentence, which they don't include, is incredible. Okay. This is from Playdate the console to Playdate the event. When our dumb thing launches... <laughs> good start. When our dumb thing launches, I feel there's a very real possibility people will start confusing your thing with our thing, and that will really be annoying for your thing. Okay, so they're coming as sort of like a self-deprecating, like, they're still asking them to change the name, but they're saying, ah, oh, I'm really sorry how inconvenient it is that our stupid thing is, it's probably going to annoy you, so you you probably have yeah, to change you your to change when name. our dumb things. So, yeah. so ideally, I think it'd be best if your play date either tweaked its name, i.e. Play, play the, play date, the play date game show or something more unique they've put in brackets not that but that you know not that yeah not but, that. but that but that but that please uh, or otherwise came up with a totally different and unique name and if we decided that and if we decided that was a good solution i would make sure we compensate you in some way for your time and the pain in the ass factor really professional email yeah, here this is really weird from isn't it panic to play date suddenly now i'm i'm kind of not as excited I about know, the play date because this. they've <laughs> almost stumbled people are like this is a great idea as we were this is a great idea this is ingenious wow how quirky and strange and then the developers are like yo fam it's your it's your boy making the dumb box can you please 
change your name, idiot. So thanks. I, my understanding is, and I don't want to have to scroll through the whole article to confirm this, but I did read this before we came in, and I think yeah. what's happened is that Playdate, the handheld, has actually filed a trademark because, of course, you probably would. Right. Do. Yes. Um, we know all about that. Presumably, yeah, we do. Presumably, Playdate, the event didn't have a trademark filed for their event. I think they were just sort of doing it without a trademark. Right. Or they had some other kind of... So they're kindly asking them, to, would you kindly change your name before we have to legally before ask Before we legally you. serve you, yeah. yeah. Like you say, we, you know, that's, that's a, Still an all very, too familiar... Such a very weird way of going about it, though. Is there a response? Um, essentially, um, uh, Panic co-founder Cable Sasser... What a name. ...published one of the emails he sent to Lawhead, who were behind the Playdate event. Yeah. In the email, Sasser doesn't outright demand Playdate change their name, but does think it'd be best if it tweaked its name. Uh, and then, well, I mean, sort of going against what we suspected, uh, Sasser did actually tweet then, saying, I never ever intended to pursue an actual legal route. I mm. never would have done that, but I can see why it felt that way. So I think now they've kind of just decided that the two play dates will coexist. That's so that's such a bizarre what a bizarre situation to get yourself into. It is a bit of weird news there, isn't it? That's super weird. Um, Law had publicly responded to Sasser by discouraging people to trash what Panic was creating, but hoping Sasser saw this as a moment to realise the position you were coming from and learn from that. That's a very, so that's a very mature and dignified yeah, and gracious. No, they absolutely really. have. Wow. How yeah, I'm a little bit less excited about. <laughs> and th this isn't from a this isn't from a sort of reactionary. Whoa, hang on. They're going after the gay event. That's that's not how you know as as bad as you know a light as that paints puts them in. Mm. Um, it's for me. It's more a case of these guys just referred to their new thing. As yeah, dumb. When our dumb in like a fairly prof well a professional email. That People like are going to pay for that. To another. And yeah. they they're now referring to it as dumb. Really weird. That's super strange. Bit. Ben, yeah. have you got anything that's uh, also pretty weird in so, the in the new age? I new ages. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly do. This um, I actually found this myself, but then when I was looking through the podcast questions to get stuff together, uh, Chef Mikey, Mi Mike Mikey. with two E's, um, also posted about this on on our uh. on our Patreon request for podcast questions. So shout out to you, okay. sir. <clears throat> this is from Polygon. Xbox deodorant and body wash coming this summer. Oh, of course. This is weird news, but I just I've I've already seen the headline like three times this week, and it's just sort of <laughs> become normal in my head. Freshen up with the scent of Xbox. Mm. See, I only found out about this this morning. Oh, did you? Yeah. Microsoft is planning for its upcoming E3 presentation, but there's one surprise product that we know will be hitting store shelves this summer. It's not a game or a console, but instead a fragrance line called Lynx Xbox. Ooh. Everybody loves Lynx. It's for 13-year-olds, and that is it. Thank you, Grandma, Thank for my you. body wash set. Thank you, Aunt, who doesn't know me very well. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it with the rest of them. With the three wallets that I own. Have you been bought lots of wallets before? Oh, I, have. I haven't had a wallet for a while. No, not when I was younger, though. Oh, right. Aftershave was another one. Mm. Not necessarily aftershave, but just some sort of... Face. Face spell. Face juice. Face juice. Delicious-smelling face juice. Microsoft has partnered with Linked little to create a scent that captures the essence of Xbox. No one wants that. And can be purchased in body spray deodorant and shower gel forms. So the the essence of Xbox, my mind immediately goes to, and the same would be true for PS4, perhaps, or PlayStation. But for Xbox, it's certainly Mountain Dew and Doritos. 
PlayStation have notably partnered with both Taco Bell and Subway in the past. Yeah. And I don't want to know what the essence of those smells like. It's probably the same thing you smell when you walk into a Subway. The yeah. smell that they pipe in. I, well, I don't mind that smell. Some people hate it. Would you want to smell of no, it? No, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think essence of Xbox is, like you say, I mean, I wouldn't have said Doritos. I'd have said, like, if you include the uh, the, the worldwide Xbox fan base, right. it's sort of Cheetos and BO, really. Mm. Not that there's no BO in the UK, but there's no Cheetos. Beatos. Oh, oh no. <laughs> What does Xbox smell like? The official description says that Link's Xbox is a fresh scent of pulsing green citrus, featuring top notes of kefir lime and winter lemon, aromatic herbal middle notes of mint and sage, and woody bottom notes of patchouli and clearwood. You get a woody bottom when you eat too much Subway, don't you? You do. You definitely all do. All they've done is choose all the green things and put them in. Yeah. I'm going to read it again, though. Okay. Link's Xbox is a fresh scent of pulsing green citrus featuring top notes of kaffir lime and winter lemon, aromatic herbal middle notes of mint and sage, and woody bottom notes of patchouli and clearwood. I think we should get Butterfield just to do the descriptions of all products going forwards. Yeah. Cephalus treatment. Cephalus treatment available now for your woody bottom. Oh no. Containing a range of natural essential oils, the Xbox Lynx range comes with a sleek new look and features a body spray, deodorant, and shower gel, so it is legitimately a gift set. Yeah. Grandma will be buying that one for you. They're Keep probably an more eye likely. out. That's actually not bad sort of branding, really, because when grandma is buying... Oh, he d- likes Xbox, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Or she. I can't remember what, what it is. No! That certainly sounds more appealing than what one might originally expect from a console-themed fragrance. Lynx are known as the creators of Axe in the States, for those of you you American listeners. This collaboration makes more sense than it first seems. Brands like Microsoft seek to become lifestyle products, with players integrating them into aspects of their life beyond the couch. These products will be available in Australia and New Zealand from July onwards. But not the shower. Yes, life beyond the couch, but I do not associate technology company, Bill Gates computer company, Microsoft, with having a wash. I don't know what you're talking about, Peter, because you won't need to have a wash when you have Xbox Lynx. You can just stay on that sofa all day. Mm. Remember, Lynx, it doesn't fix the problem, but it does mask it and make it worse. I want some sort of connect add-on where if you stand there, it recognizes your body and then just an arm comes out of your Xbox and just sprays and scrubs by by magic. <laughs> Can Connect do that? Yeah. Maybe HoloLens. Yeah. That's what they're working on at the moment is just a way to make gamers less smelly. <laughs> Via Holo technology. Via Holo technology. <laughs> they look less smelly. I tell you what, HoloLens technology, you know, virtual technology to make someone smell better would probably be just as effective as Lynx. I think HoloLens technology to make someone smell better is just body spray, isn't it? That's just <laughs> That's what it is. true. Pretty much. In many ways, Lynx is the original HoloLens. They've yeah. been doing it for decades. Anyway, let's move on, Peter. Those were weird, weren't they? Very weird. Question three is from Rexy Adar. 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 What they got to say? Uh, with the amazing storytelling in games nowadays, is there any game that has made you feel... Extra emotional. I mean, the whole of The Last of Us is just a punch in the gut, but are there any others? Thank you, Rexy. It's a good question. Thank you very much. Have you got any, Peter, any games that upset you? I mean, if Rexy hadn't said The Last of Us is an obvious choice, so don't say The Last of Us, Peter, I would have said The Last of Us. I'm going to say The Last of Us, Peter. Um, But yeah, I've got got a couple more. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when the spoilers for Shadow of the Colossus, a game that's been out for 15 years or something, <laughs> uh, when the horse fell off the bridge. Aggro. Aggro. Yeah, that, that gave me a lot of aggro, really, when the horse died. I've said it before and I'll say it again, Peter. Gravity is is the real enemy. Of in, the horse. It's the natural games. enemy of the horse. Natural enemy. The natural predator. Yeah. The horse has no natural predators apart, apart from, from gravity. gravity. So. Yeah. Um, it's a shame, really, that, that your one and only friend, really, throughout the entire game... Yeah. dies saving your life, you know? That was, that was pretty rough. Um, also, bit of a wild card entry. Whoa! Um, <laughs> harker, harker. Uh, Portal 2, you wouldn't necessarily go straight there, would you? No. But the whole, when you end up in the, the bowels of Aperture Science and you mm. hear you learn about, like, Carolyn and, uh, oh, yeah. what's it called? Something Johnson. Cave. Cave Johnson. We're done here. Uh, you know that's that's actually a pretty pretty tragic thing. Sad story. Makes you feel sorry for Glados. I also feel a bit sorry for Wheatley, who's just been bullied all his life. Yeah, he was created to be an idiot. Yeah, he was he was a a tumor, is what Glados describes him as, oh, an idiot tumor. Poor Wheatley. Um, so you know that kind of that kind of got me going a little bit with the with the oh oh no mm. ah. oh um, oh Wheatley and yeah it's arrived. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Oh. Um, Made no, you a bit weepy weepy, did well, you? Well, that's the thing. I was about to say, no no overtly sort of tragic, sad, crying moments. But um, I think, as someone said in a recent list, uh, I think it was in um, it was in a list that I did, actually, but it was written, oh. written by someone else, so I thought it was someone else's opinion. Oh. Uh, the British sort of uh, locale mm-hmm. in that game makes it just feel a bit more realistic and immersive, I think. Hits a bit close to home. It just hits a bit close to home. And, it, you know, like I say, no no true tragedies in that game, but just sort of wandering around listening into people's lives. It's a bit like listening to the Archers, actually. Maybe mm. I should listen to the Archers, is what I'm saying. I think that the stakes in the Archers are significantly lower. Oh, no, no. There's not, not so much. Are they, are they you're all... not up to date on your archers. Oh, God. There's an alien going invasion. On? Oh, man. All the birds are dying. Oh, that's such a shame. It's horrible. Yeah, everybody's. That's a good show. Everybody's gone to the rapture. It's just lots of very human stories. It's very human, it? yeah. Um, Which is weird, given that you never see any of the humans. You no. just see sort of ghosts. You see remnants. Yeah, little firefly bits of energy. Oh, yeah. I would uh, going back to Mass Effect. Mass Effect Two. I know you know it has the last bit is called the Suicide Mission. Oh yeah. And you you you, you build up as they've got this strong bond, you and your team. Yeah. And you all love each well, other. Well, they got a. A pretty strong bond. Been working your ass off to do all their loyalty missions, and mm-hmm. you love them. And every time you go back to the Normandy after a mission, you walk around the entire ship to speak to everybody, just in case there's a new piece of dialogue. That's what I did yeah. every time, every mm-hmm. single time. And then some of them die. It massively affected you. It sure did, Peter. Mm. And the suicide mission piece of music that was composed as well for that game is is very... It hurts. Yeah. It hurts to listen it to. Hurts. It makes me sad. There's one game that I can pinpoint, though, that has actually made me openly weep. <gasps> and that is Valiant Hearts. Oh, yeah. Which was the Ubisoft-published um, World War One game, uh, published, I think, for the 100th anniversary of the right. start of World War One. Yeah. And you follow a few characters, uh, two of whom... Uh, are related. One of them is is the is the father, um, who is French, called Emile, and the other is Karl, who's his son-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, who's German. And they both get conscripted to fight for the different sides. And it, the whole thing's pretty sad anyway. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously, war is horrible, and the world wars were really horrible. Yeah. And um, 
there's something about World War One and Two that really that really tickles my sadness. Yeah. Sadness gland. I'm not sure what it is. I mean, apart from obviously how obviously sad it is but there's just something there's something about it that Mm. that really i find upsetting on a fundamental level like documentaries i find they 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 upset me they're upsetting to watch no me too um and the last bit of valiant hearts and i don't i don't want to spoil it but the last bit it's just got this really simple the the whole soundtrack's amazing it's just this simple piano track for the whole thing Mm -hmm. and the last bit is basically him uh, Emil, this is walking to his execution via uh, by by firing squad, right? Because in the heat of battle, he refused to follow basically a a near suicidal order from his commanding officer, and he hit him with a shovel and accidentally killed him. Oh, and so he was sentenced to death, and you, it makes you walk along the screen to where you're going to be executed with this music playing in the background and the narrator is reading the letter aloud that he has sent from his prison cell shortly before this to his daughter basically saying you know i will i'll always love you and you know i I hope you're okay and that you you have the life you deserve and all that sort of stuff and then it just ends with like a cut to black and the sound of a a gunshot and Guns. that absolutely destroyed me mm-hmm. that bit just just wrecked me and i've i've never had a game sort of emotionally affect me like that before well it's funny you say it you sort of made me think of something i can't even remember what game it was i remember being harry potter and the philosopher's yeah Stone. it probably was that i think i was maybe like 10 or something and um i was playing i think round someone else's house just uh it a World War One or Two game. I don't even know that, mm-hmm. but I just have this really strong memory of um, you have this squad that you fight with all the way through the game. It's not just a bunch of generic soldiers with all the same faces and voices. You know, there's a different different personalities and stuff. And there were a few a few levels into the campaign, and yeah, uh, you're all having a chat, and you're all sort of saying like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, well." We're doing we're doing well. We'll be we'll be home soon, or the war will be over soon. Mm-hmm. And then one of your friends just stands up, and then his head just gets like blown Jesus. apart, and uh, there's like a sniper on the other side of the uh, other side of the street or whatever. Is and it then, band, then band of brothers, or I can't. Yeah, it might or... have been band of brothers. It could have been a could have been a medal of honor, possibly. Yeah. Although you don't tend to have a familiar squad in medal of honor games, mm. or not the old ones anyway. Um, but. Uh, and and I remember thinking the worst part is not only like has my friend who I've like grown a, a bond with mm. uh, just been shot, but uh, immediately after just like you know battle stations, like everyone take cover. We need to now take out this sniper. There yeah. might be more people around. You can't like just sit and mourn your friend. Mm. Obviously afterwards they're able to, but like in the immediate aftermath of watching your comrade get shot. It's yeah. like, no, no time for, are you okay, man? Oh, let's give him a good burial. It's, no, no, no. Everyone get to cover now. We need to do our job. And, uh, it's brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. There's so much to be said for good writing in that regard because mm. I have played so many games. The most recent one was probably Metro Exodus at the start of the year. Yeah. Where they try so hard to make you care about the people around you and there's just it's just so poorly done mm. poorly executed i couldn't care less and some of them die sometimes and uh and you know you have these you know funerals and you're all gathered around having a drink and it's like 
I feel nothing. Yeah. This and it's not because I'm an emotionless husk. I know games can make me sad. Mm-hmm. This is just not doing it very well. Yeah. And so when a game gets it right, there's really something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that, because that was a sad question. Sad, Thank sad. you very much, Rexy, for that. Mm. It's time, Peter. It's huge. God, what's that coming over the hill? Is it a discussion? It's even bigger for me because I'm so small. Wow. It's time for the big discussion, Peter. E3. 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 I've got a question E3. here. E3. A really big E3. one. E3. From probably E3. a very E3. big person. E3. Two people. E3. Oh, I see, yeah. But if they were on each other's shoulders, they would be a big person. Well, they, I think E3. even separately, E3. you know, if they're able E3. to ask such big questions, E3. E3. I think they're both big. E3. If they're on each other's shoulders, E3. they'd be enormous. Giants of men. Finley Carter asks... Uh, I'm slowly counting down the days until we get to see Cyberpunk 2077 at E3. So with this in mind, are there any particular games slash developers that you guys are excited to see this year? Are you also looking forward to Cyberpunk 2 or is it just me? Ah, Cyberpunk, I think, is pretty much a cert Mm. to appear at Microsoft's conference tomorrow at the time of release. Uh, and I'll also read just the next question. Uh, Ham Migas or Hamigas says... What's your favourite E3 rumour you've heard but don't believe? Well, let's start with Cyberpunk. Peter. Yeah, let's. That hour-long or however long it was demo that they showed last year, maybe? You mean the one that was definitely full of kind of scripted moments? Oh, absolutely, because the entire thing. Because it just played out like a connected. movie. Yeah, it did. It was unbelievable, like regardless of what the end, the end product is. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether it, the rest of the game's just done in paint, I don't know. Mm. But that was, I was totally gripped by that. Yeah, me too. And I am very excited to see practically how that game actually works. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I'm interested in like the world itself of that game because you know it's it's very um, uh, Blade, Blade Runner, Runner. Thank you. Yeah, it's very Harrison Blade Ford, Runner looking. Harrison Ford. Uh, and I don't think we've really had an open world game set in that kind of, you know, kind of familiar looking cityscape, except also quite futuristic. Deus Ex kind of, but you know, those games were, those games were great, but they weren't, you know, they weren't CD Projekt Red. No, exactly. It's, it's going to be a a true current gen, exciting open world experience. And I'm stoked for it. So yeah, you're not the only one Finley who's excited for that. Mm -hmm. Is uh, there anything else? We're excited to see games or developers. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Avengers game. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably my big one. I mean, it's difficult because we're we've talked about it before. We're we're PlayStation boys by and large. Yeah, and it's I'm looking forward to Microsoft's conference more than more than any other. Really, just because there's going to be a lot of third party yeah, stuff exactly, that yeah. we'll both be able to play. Mm. Uh, but. I always really looked forward to the PlayStation conference and mm. it's sad it's sad they're not there. We've spoken about it, it before. It makes sense for them to not be there if they've got nothing to show. Mm. But in terms of, you know, I I I would if they were there my answer would be just the whole PlayStation conference. Well, yeah. I can't wait to see what they're bringing. But Avengers and, you know, other rumored things sound interesting, but we'll get to that in a minute. I'm excited for um EA's Star Wars, which yes. I know, you know, whether you count that as uh as E3 or not is is a is a question, but um, yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. That'll be out on Saturday. That trailer. It will. Yeah. So t- today, time of release. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. We might have already seen it. Um, and also, by the time this goes out, our our good our good friends who continue to baffle us, THQ Nordic, yes. they've they've announced that they'll be they'll be 
giving news about three beloved franchises that are returning mm-hmm. uh, that you know they've inexplicably bought because they own all the licenses now that yeah. people forget about. The f- they were going to be re- announcing them over the course of three days, the first on Wednesday and the last on Friday. And the first one on Wednesday was SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, I think is Which is apparently a quite a big deal. Yeah, this is totally... Are... We were talking about this. This is completely past us by, but I'm, it sounds like people it, but... absolutely love this game. Yeah. So they were losing their minds that a remake is coming for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We're recording on Thursday. I don't know what the other two are going to be. There are rumors one of them might be Time Splitters. Yeah. And if that's true, then hell yes. But if not, then ah, poo. Yeah, I mean plop. Sorry. It's funny that like the T- THQ potentially announcing Time Splitters and EA doing some Star Wars stuff. Mm. I'm basically more excited for things that aren't on the the main stage, <laughs> the conferences, the conference yeah. stage. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but um, I'm excited for for it all. Really, it's always mm. a fun few days, and uh, I don't generally stay up and watch it at the time, but we mm-hmm. will be doing that this year. So we will. That should be fun, and uh, you can watch along with us. More details at the end of the show. Yeah. Ham Migoth, our good friend Pat, who works over at Gearbox, he mm. sent us some really lovely stuff recently. Yeah. That was amazing. A signed copy of Borderlands Game of the Year edition. A new friend who isn't actually, he's not here, is he? We should have put him out here. He's on Peter's desk at the moment. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and, also uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Signed Duke Nukem Forever. Signed. Copy as well. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Uh, favorite E3 rumor you've heard but don't believe. I've put together a few, just just a few rumors I got from a couple of different websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first set are from Game Informer. Rare's banjo is coming to Smash Bros. I mean, that's my favorite because I would get a point for that. In yeah, the it depends. Ah, uh, it's annoying, isn't it? Because I've I've also said that. Microsoft will do something with an with an old rare franchise, rare, but, but uh, mine's at Microsoft's yeah. conference and yours is at Nintendo's conference. So it might be a mutual thing there. Maybe at Microsoft they'll they'll be saying, you know, oh, the return of a rare thing. Tune in on blah 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 on Wednesday or, to find out more. Or they might both be doing something with Banjo separately. So like oh, he's going true. to Smash Bros, but to tie in, they're also doing another Banjo Kazooie oh, or something, yeah, which so Microsoft be... might announce. So we might both score. We might both get a point there. Yeah. Resident Evil creator Shinji Mikami will announce something at E3. That's so he's, he's been working on the Evil Within. That's mm. what his focus has been. Evil Within 1 was fine. Evil Within 2 got uh, better review scores. Right. What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? Could it be the Evil Within 3? Well, that would could be it? unexciting. Well, not unexciting. That, that would be boring. Unoriginal, you know. I'm always excited for new IP. Actually, I think that's the thing that I, yeah. that really gets me the most excited at E3. Is there's speaking. space for it? You know, Kojima yeah. was going to be doing that Silent Hills, and then mm-hmm. he stopped. And yeah. Resident Evil is picking up steam again. And there's a lot of great indie horror games and stuff. But there's there's a gap there. I've seen people rumoring that Resi Eight might be announced. I think it's a bit soon for that. But yeah, I would say so too. I mean, I I'd, believe that. I almost rather they confirm that. God, it was only last year, last E3, wasn't it, that they confirmed the Resident Evil 2 remake was a thing? Yeah, well, technically, Resident Evil uh, uh, 7 came Mm. out this year. It was early this year, but it was this year, wasn't it? Resi 7? Uh, Yeah. The the one the one in the house. Sorry, not Resi 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 Two. Yeah. Yeah, Resi, Resi Yeah, Resi Two was seven. was January. Just the most recent January? number before eight that I could think of yeah. in my head. But yeah, no, the yeah. most recent uh, Resident Evil Two game. Uh, yeah, yeah, only was, came out a few months ago. Yeah, uh, January, and it was amazing. I w- I would uh, gladly take a CG trailer confirming they were doing another remake. Uh, 
because and you know actually I was going to say because clearly that's less work than doing an original game oh. but no obviously Nemesis. there's an immense amount of work that goes into that mm. uh, that was a stupid thing to say I, I don't know I don't know how true that is what else we got Pete uh, Fable 4 might be revealed apparently um, I yeah. was reading something uh, yesterday about Fable 4 which is that I can't remember if this is like an official like word from someone on the team or if it's just a complete speculative rumor leak thing mm. but like Albion is gone apparently which is like the game world from fable right um there's something about like different planets um oh. time time control will be a major gameplay factor sounds bizarre it does and i don't think i like that but lionhead's gone as well now yeah. that doesn't exist anymore the original developers headed by peter molyneux yeah so I mean, there'd be fools not to do something with the Fable license if it's theirs, but God knows if it's if it's going to be anything recognizable yeah. <laughs> as a Fable game. Mm. From Software, working on a game with George Martin. We've spoken about this before. That would be very exciting. Lots of people are basically saying, yes, this is happening. Maybe at Microsoft's conference. I believe this. You know, the question is, do you not believe it? But I believe that one. Yeah. It's just whether we actually see it at E3 or not. Is the question? Yeah, we might get a CG trailer, and and From Software have done, they've they've released games in concurrent years before. Mm. There was um, Dark Souls two, then Bloodborne, and then Dark Souls three. Each each following each other. Uh, that was a terrible sentence. Each a year after a year removed from one another. Hello. Oh God, I can't even speak. It help. Well, I help I said me. Resident Evil seven, and I can't stop thinking about it, and I'm, I feel really bad about that. So. <laughs> I just did eight minus one. It was well seven. Seven. That was that game. That's, anyway, that's the one that released this year. Yeah. Remember when I played it in VR? Yeah. At your house. Seven, I was thinking of two years ago. I was thinking of Resi Two in my head. Like the images I had with Leon Kennedy in the Raccoon City Police Station. I went, yep, that's Resi Seven. That yes. One. That is what that is. Uh, Microsoft plans to re- reveal its new console. I would also get points for this, but. The more time that passes, I just don't think this is going to happen. I would get a point for this as well. It's one of yes, my cra- it would, it's one of my crazy predictions that right. they'll just say. Anyway, here's the next Xbox. Mm. What? What? Watch Dogs Three is known uh, as Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, this was one of your predictions, right? Well, that it that was has, set in London, UK. Yeah, that's pretty much been <laughs> concrete confirmed. It now, now seems to be. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. Peter gets a point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the new one, Watch Dogs Legion. The thing that struck me as weird about this is that the description, the leaked description, mentioned Brexit by name, mm-hmm. and I have no issue with that, but it just seems. Weirdly, yeah, weirdly provocative in a way. Like yeah. that, like Ubisoft would think better than to just say it's in post-Brexit Britain and everything's buggered. Haven't like Ubisoft, it just seems like seems just a little bit. They're trying to incite some kind of firestorm. They've very, they've been very vocal recently in the past couple of months about how we're not political by the way you know yeah, they- <laughs> we know things look a bit political sometimes but we're not it's just incidental and they're saying yeah watchdogs are set in a post-brexit britain and mm-hmm. everything has gone to crap you know yeah it just seems it seems a bit tone deaf given how how that is just dominating life in the uk at the moment and yeah. and how there is such a split between 
belief systems mm. regarding Brexit. It just seems like it seems like too much of a risk. You could you could r- still set it in London, like now yeah. or even in a few years time, and just say. Yeah, the surveillance has been scaled up well, in, in light of recent terror attacks. City. It is, yeah. So it in still the, works. In, in, in light of, you know, knife crime and recent terror attacks and things like that. I, I just feel like bringing Brexit into it is just going to piss a lot of people off. And some people will say, yeah, good, be pissed off. But I just think it's going to bite them in the ass. And that's the only reason why I doubt this maybe a li- less now because lots of people have said it's true. Mm. But that's why I doubted it originally, because it just seems weird that they would just go all in on that. I also feel a little bit like they're making a, an entertainment, you know, they're, they're making an, a piece of entertainment out of our actual real life misfortune, in my <laughs> yeah. opinion. You know, I think Brexit, you know, is is going to be a bad thing. And the idea that it's like, let's make a game where uh, Brexit happens in London, it all goes horribly wrong. It's like, oh, It sounds God. like an indie game you'd get on Steam. Yeah, it does. It like Papers, like... Please or something. Yeah, it's just, it's mad. Anyway, so that that's the thing that's rumoured. Mm. What else we got, Pete? Avengers details uh, leaked. So obviously we know that Avengers is going to be there in some form or other. Yes. Uh, but the some specifics that people are talking about customizable heroes uh, it can be played in single player or co-op multiplayer Mm -hmm. team power combinations things like that and the world will change over time yeah Hmm. intriguing but we'll find out more on on Monday Monday night early early Tuesday morning for us Monday Mm -hmm. night for, for everyone else um, finally, from Game Informer, the last rumor here is that a new Darksiders game will be hinted at. This is, of course, owned now by THQ Nordic. Mm-hmm. Darksiders 3 came out and wasn't... I mean, it got like 70s. Yeah. I don't think it sold very well. There wasn't a lot of hype for it. I think, you know, they're they're massively overestimating how popular Darksiders is. Yeah. Because they released remasters as well. That was one of the first things they did, is that they remastered the first two games. And... Do you know what they called it, Peter? What did they call it? It was called Darksiders War Mastered Edition. Oh my god. They no, didn't remaster them, they war like they war mastered them. Help me. The worst. Absolutely the worst. But again, people liked those games when they came out, but I just think it's just a franchise that has no steam behind it. So if they announced another one now, it would be like, really? I think they're well made. I think they, they look good, they play pretty well. They have an interesting idea behind them that it's all quite biblical you know you've got the horsemen of the apocalypse you've got lots of angels and demons from the bible mm-hmm. um but you know played out in a big action-packed quite gory game yeah um but i just think there's something about the delivery i think it might even just be the visual style that i think is a bit bland or it's got mm-hmm. that kind of sense of it's got quite a big scale in that like you walk into a room and you're like oh Oh, God, not... No, no. You know, like... Now I've got to kill 20 enemies. Exactly. And it's, like, enormous. And you're like, oh, there's all these places to explore. I've always felt like that about Darksiders and certain other games as well, where you're like, Mm. this is well made, but... uh, uh." Yeah. I know I get that. I think... I mean, they could do. THQ Nordic, they make some weird business decisions. Mm. And uh, clearly there are fans out there for Darksiders. If you are, let us know in the comments. But I don't think anyone would be particularly blown away by that announcement. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got a couple of predictions from, or a couple of rumors brought to us by IGN. There's yeah. only a couple because the rest of them were, were covered already. Okay. Uh, first one is that Ubisoft may reveal roller champions. Mm. We talked about this in the predictions video. We did. Um, I don't know if I've read anywhere that there's like a hint 
that it will be E3. There's certainly been leaks about just the existence of the game, mm-hmm. but there's still a question mark, as far as I'm concerned, over, over whether they will be bringing it to E3 or not. So, uh, right. yeah, it's up in the air. Yeah. But uh might be fun. Looks like it could be a an interesting game based on one screenshot sort of box art thing. <laughs> yeah. Splash screen. One bit of art. Yeah. Ubisoft could be working on its own subscription service. Uh, so I think this is going to be a bit like EA's EA Access mm-hmm. and games with gold and stuff like that. Maybe it's an optional thing that people can buy into if they want. Yeah. And I suppose more choices is better as long as it doesn't affect people who don't want it. And as we've seen from EA, sometimes it can. You saw that, or you saw all the charts and the spreadsheets with the you know the pre-orders for Anthem. Yeah. Because if you get the EA Early Access version, the EA, EA Access Early Access pre-order deluxe digital edition, mm-hmm. you get to play this many days early with extra javelin suits. And it's like, stop, just stop. You're splintering your player base. Yeah. Way too much. So as long as they keep it sensible. I don't see why this would be that surprising. I think Ubisoft like to be quite forward and cutting edge with these things. And although, like you say, they're not, they wouldn't be the first to do this. I think they, they're they're quite open about. They like the idea of sort of cloud gaming and and going a bit less physical, more digital all the time. And so maybe a subscription service ties into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I think the people are talking about that there might be some Stadia crossover with Ubisoft at E3 because uh, you know they. There, we know that they're sort of doing a thing with Stadia. They were at the uh, the reveal, I think. So mm. um, yeah, yeah, that that kind of makes sense. It's true. Um, the Witcher Three is allegedly getting a Switch port. Ah, could the Switch handle? Mm, that's what 3? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. The Switch is a powerful little thing, but Microsoft. They're apparently working with them, aren't they, to create yeah. a more powerful Switch? So that could just be that. But there are some leaked adverts that have The Witcher Three on them, mm-hmm. with like bundled with the Switch and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how likely that is. But those are just some of the rumors that are out there at the moment. I um, brought my own answer to this question. Did you? That weren't in your notes. That wasn't in your notes. Okay. What's your favorite E3 rumor you've heard? But don't believe Assassin's Creed is soon to be announced, and it will be set in a Viking world. Um, I'm not saying that I think that won't happen Mm -hmm. and that's a bad idea and they would never do that but I don't think there's I don't think we should believe Assassin's Creed rumors at the moment I think it's just too early and I think anything that's coming out about oh it's set in a Viking world it's just someone's gone what eras of history are left over right you know what I mean there's like a caveman one that they could maybe do a Viking one uh what else? They've done, done like Greeks. They've done colonial America. They've done Egypt. Done Rome. Yeah, they've done like yeah, sort of Holy Land, biblical times, Renaissance. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a, there's a big world and a lot of history, but in terms of yeah. quite iconic, you know, go to Japan or something. I was going to say maybe sort of a Japanese thing. That's probably the other the other good bet. They've done Victorian England as They're well. They're running out. They're running out. They are desperately running out. Um, so yeah. Viking seems an obvious choice. It's just I don't think that's necessarily come from an inside source. I think someone's just guessing. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily pay much credence to the idea that it's going to be soon. Soon. Coming soon. Mm. Well, there we go, Peter. If you want to find out more about what our E3 predictions actually are, yeah. you can go watch our E3 predictions video, which is live on the channel now. Reminder that the loser of the predictions has to wear this hat that you can see if you're watching the video mm. uh, to describe it for the podcast listeners. It's one of those It's one of those sort of uh, golf hats with a visor, mm. but then out the top it's got hair 
but it's like sort of douchey, spiky hair. It was meant to be a bit more frosted tip than this, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. We uh, we oh. bought it online. I'm getting yeah. off. Hair just floated off it. Um, and uh, yeah, it, not necessarily as advertised. Mm. Also, you have to change your name to Dick Machinko. Yes, you That'll do. Be good. Yes, you do. And introduce yourself by saying, what's up? What's up? It's Dick Machinko mm. from Triple Jump. Anyway, Peter, Hmm. where can they find us if they want to? Everywhere at Team Triple Jump. That's our YouTube channel and our Twitch channel. Hmm. We're also on social media, Twitter and Facebook, Team Triple Jump. Patreon is Team Triple Jump, where you can submit questions for the podcast. You can get all kinds of rewards, like Worst Games Ever early. We've got a Discord there with a special Patreon Discord room. The Discord itself is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. And the website is triplej.mup. And if you put forward slash shop on the end of there, yeah. you can buy things like this and this and this and that. Brand new shirt available yeah. now. Released just this week. It's a Barbara Piss shirt mm. featuring the artwork of Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. It's wonderful. And you can go and buy one if you like. I'm wearing it. You can't really see it on the video because there's lots of stuff in the way, but it is available. Last but not least, for those of you watching the video version of this podcast, you can get the audio version at play.acast.com forward slash S forward slash triple drump. Triple flump. Yeah. That's true. That's where you can go for that. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude and on Instagram at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter 20. Uh, we do lists every Tuesday and Thursday that will proceed into E3 week. There'll be a, mm-hmm. at least one E3 list going out as well as hello. Someone's blending Some sort something of blending up. thing. It's probably not picking up on the microphone. No. But there's also, we're doing our first long-form list mm. that'll be going out, and it's probably too soon, you know, for, for people to have listened to this beforehand, but it'll be going out tonight <gasps> on the channel on Saturday night. That's every E3 ranked from worst to best. Wowza. Every single E3. So if you want to watch that, please do. It'll be available pretty much now Mm. i'd have thought streams every monday tuesday and thursday we will probably be skipping them this coming week just because you know we're doing a lot of streams and we'll be we'll be in the office quite late so uh, that may not be possible but usually that's where we do them worst games is fortnightly no worst games this weekend but there will be a worst games next weekend and if you're a patron you get it on friday and if you're not, you get it on a Sunday. Mm. And the podcast is available every Saturday. Next Saturday's podcast will be all about E3. So keep an eye out for questions or us asking for questions if you're a patron because we'll want all those E3 questions if yes. you've got them. Finally, leave a review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen because it helps, I think, something algorithms mm. maybe. That leaves just enough time to thank you for listening uh, slash watching. Thank yeah. you, Ben, for being here. Oh, my pleasure for being here. Thank me for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, thank Peter, you. for being here. And to thank very much our sponsors. Oh, what's that? Do your syphils hurt? Have yeah. you got Illis of the syphils? Yeah. Don't worry. Mm. Why not have a nice sip of Nigel West Dickens's syphilis uh, oint- ointment? Yes. Uh, or is it? A me- I don't know if it's for do internal you, use. Do you consume an ointment? I don't do know you? what syphilis actually is. Really, is it a skin thing? Is it? It's like a knob. It can be a I'll, knob thing. I'll show you. It's a, it's very much a knob thing. But I think you can get it elsewhere as well. Syphilis of the bottom. Thank you, Nigel West Dickens, for curing syphilis and sponsoring the podcast. 
and make sure if you want to get yourself a vial of uh, what was it, the West Nile disease? Wigel Ni- Nigel's. Wigel Nigel's disease yeah. powder. You can do. Uh, he's just he's just outside. Just open your curtains. There he is. He's or, got his wagon there. Yeah. Triple ju.mp forward slash syphilis. You can get a free sample. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next weekend, and uh, we'll hopefully see some of you at 9 p.m. tomorrow, probably just before 9 p.m., Sunday evening uh, on YouTube, where we'll be live streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.